Welcome to Bible and Stuff, a podcast about the Bible and stuff. I'm Glenn. And I'm Tanner. And today we continue on to our third episode in the Uniquely Wired series where we're talking all about identity. Yes. And it's great. Well, today yeah. we're we're going a bit beyond identity. We're talking about strongholds today. We are talking about strongholds. We're talking about the things that uh, keep us from living in uh, that real identity of who, who we actually are in Christ. Um, you said it's been great. I will I will add one counterpoint, um, which is that uh, my mother, uh, who I love dearly, shared <laughs> uh, one of our most recent episodes to which a, a, a more distant relative just commented, I don't get it. <laughs> 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 which uh, okay. was real encouraging. It was like, you know what? We're, <laughs> we're doing a lot of good here. This is really hitting home with people. I uh, don't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't it didn't make sense uh, uh i don't know if he actually listened to it or if he just the title threw him off or something like that but yeah uh, i thought that was humorous so maybe <laughs> maybe he does listen maybe he'll hear this and he'll laugh with me because it was funny uh but yeah so i think it's going okay i'm not sure yeah. everyone agrees but that's where we're at <laughs> well hopefully uh he listens in again and also not just to us but to dwell because they're sponsoring us during this series, yes. which is awesome. We're very excited that this whole series is presented by Dwell. And uh, yeah, we'll get to tell you more about them later. And one more thing before we move on is I wanted to remind you that we recently launched a Patreon, which is just a way that you can give a little bit to us and get a little more from us. I'm pretty sure I copied that from Dustin Nickerson, whose podcast I also listen to. But it's a good description of <laughs> what Patreon is. We have one tier, super simple. It's five bucks a month. Um, and for that, you get an extra episode every week, uh, or, or at least close to every week. <laughs> uh, and then you will get a 10% discount off any merch. And uh, once you're a patron for two months, we'll send you a sticker which is great. So we're keeping it real simple, uh, but that's the best way right now that you can help support the pod and what we're doing. And we would appreciate it if you checked it out. You and your shortening of words, the pod pod. and the app. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, So long story short, (laughs) patreon.com slash Bible and stuff. Awesome. All right. Well, before we start actually talking about strongholds and how they prevent us from yeah. going into our identity. Let's maybe do a little bit of a recap uh, because last week we had some guests on the show and so we've we've had a bit of a space in there. So previously we kind of took time to talk about our specific identity. Yep. We spent one week on general. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. But then we moved in last, last episode of the series to our specific identity, which uh, we borrowed from our friends who you just heard in the last episode, um, their little Venn diagram of you, who you are, the time that you currently exist, and the place in which you currently exist. And we think mm. that, that they do a good job of helping you begin to understand who God has made you to be or your unique purpose in the world. Um, 
as Chandler says it, which I thought we think has been helpful throughout the series, he says, you were made for the day and the day was made for you. That God puts you in that specific place and time and he built you for it. And then also those days in front of you are made for you. Um, so I don't know how you do both of those things, but that's the beauty of, of who God is and what, what he can do. Uh, but lastly, one of the things we said is that the discovery process of understanding more, who am I? I maybe this language gets vague sometimes, but I'll tell you the question I hear a lot. It's like, I don't, I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I'm mm. supposed to be doing. Because you hear a lot of advice, which I think is good advice, is like, you know, do what only you can do. Or but and some people are just like, I'm not that good at anything, homie. Like, there's nothing that I can do that nobody else can do. Uh, and that's the way I have felt generally for, for the majority of my life. Like, I, I'm pretty good at some things, but I'm not great at anything. And so it becomes hard to figure out, okay, what... What is that thing? Is is that th- does that thing exist? And how do I yeah. begin to live into that and and you know even grow into it? Because you're not going to be perfect uh, from the get go. So that process takes time, uh, but it's very worthwhile. And ultimately, we think it yeah. is what what it means for you to be most faithful in your walk with Jesus. Yeah, and I, I we brought this up I think in our episode and um, the episode last week, but just. The idea that in the moment, you may not recognize those things. Like you're saying, it's a, it's a growing process. Um, yeah. But when we get to the end, uh, we get to have the opportunity to look back on our lives and see how all of those things uh, kind of formed this path that we, we took and, and how our purpose was actually there all along. We just didn't see it until we looked back. <laughs> yeah. So the... the- like casual way we say that is hindsight is 2020 meaning forward right. sight is not 2020 <laughs> like we're very bad predictors about why something is happening in the moment or what god's doing with this but you can kind of look back and start to see the the pieces you know put together the thread that runs through it all um there's another quote that i'm forgetting off the top of my head but it's essentially like you can only see the sovereignty of God in hindsight. So then all the things that felt really hard and tough in the moment, you can look back and realize, okay, what he was crafting or shaping in you at that point in time. And that's what a lot of this process look lo- looks like, is kind of fighting through things. Uh, yeah. I, hate, I hate to like burst your bubble, but it's it may sound exciting of like, oh, okay, you know, live into who God has made me to be, like figure out what I'm really good at. And the and, and it can be fun and, and lighthearted to some degree, but a lot of that comes through hard, deep work over time yeah. and this kind of wrestling with God's very, it's a very Job experience, I think. Um, if you want to, if you want to really dig down in there and, and start pulling stuff up and rooting stuff out that shouldn't be there, uh, it's not exactly the funnest experience. Yeah. Uh, um, and that's kind of what we're talking about today. We're talking about strongholds. What are these things that that hold us in a in a place that we don't really want to be or need to be yeah. or or in a version of ourselves that isn't really us? So I think to start this, you you had this really clear kind of vivid picture uh, of yeah. what a stronghold could look like i stole this from um, chandler so don't give me too much credit oh okay well <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you matt yeah. Uh, but yeah kind of explain that that visual that we have that that shows this 
Yeah, and so I will say, uh, this episode, out of all of them, I've probably stuck the closest to um, one of the Chandler outlines. So he was one of the resources I pulled from. They did a series at the village called Unearth. I thought it was very helpful. And then I pulled a bunch of other resources around this as well. Um, but this one is, is going to be pretty close to the big ideas that he covered there. Uh, and I thought he opened with what, as you agreed, is a very helpful illustration which is uh david the story of david and goliath and we know like okay david goes out there with a slingshot and he he hits goliath and he kills him and it's like wow um and the but the reason it's wow is because that story is always told as the underdog story um that really david had no means beating goliath and to some to some degree that's true um well, before I give away the ending, let's go back. I mean, that kind of is the ending. Before I give away what I mean <laughs> about what's going on there, let's go back just a little bit. And the the thing that happens before David goes out there with just a sling and some stones is he he goes up. He he finds out all these people are scared to go out and and face Goliath. Um, he's a huge dude, and it's like well, I don't. This is this one on one thing is not. Uh, not something I'm anybody's excited about. And David comes up, you know, it's kind of young, scrappy shepherd boy. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not scared. Like, listen, if we, if we, if, if God's on our side, then why would we be, be scared? I, I don't know. I read that. Maybe there's a little bit of cockiness going on, but surprisingly to me, maybe this was not as surprising back in his day, but they're like, sure. Yeah, we'll send the kid out there. Okay, that seems ill-advised. But to be safe, the first thing they do is they're like, hey, we're going to put you in some armor. So they take Saul's armor, who at that point is king of Israel, and they make a point earlier in the Bible to say he kind of stood head and shoulders above everybody. He's a big, magnificent-looking man, and uh, also apparently not big enough to want to go face Goliath himself. Uh, But he gives David his armor, David puts it on and there's this kind of funny interaction where he's like, listen, this, this isn't working. Like I'm, I'm not big enough to fill this thing out. I can't move in it. I've never worn armor before. Like this isn't, this isn't going to fly. This is actually going to get me killed. Yeah. Um, I think the, the actual quote is he says, I cannot go with these for I have not tested them. I think that's a helpful quote for where we're going because the big idea here is you might be doing that same thing you might be wearing Saul's armor you might be trying to be someone you're not and it doesn't help you it actually hurts you because the thing that I was getting at earlier um and this is extra biblical this is not uh (laughs) in the bible but uh, there's a really popular book by Malcolm Gladwell um that talks about the story of David and Goliath and something that he points out that I think is very interesting is actually David may not quite be the underdog that we think him to be because he's very, very talented with this sling and stone and that thing actually whizzes really stinking fast and can kill people from a long distance and all this thing. So, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's trying to make his own points, but I think it's interesting to realize that, even though to us, David doesn't look as effective walking out there with his sling and his stones. That's actually the best version of him to go into battle 
because it's true to who yeah. he is. It's true to his experience. It's true to what he's learned. And you know, he's no slouch. He tells Saul and them earlier, like, listen, I'm, I'm a shepherd. I've chased down bears and lions and killed them. Right. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I am like a tough dude, but if we're not careful, we end up trying to put on Saul's armor, not being confident in who we are, how we're made to be, or because other people think, you know, it's just better if you do it this way. We kind of take that and wear it. So it's not to say that you're like King David. You're, you know, you're like the, uh, you know, crown jewel of the Old Testament here, but you might be acting in a similar way. You might be trying to wear Saul's armor and it's going to render you pretty ineffective. Yeah, I I was going to say what you were just talking about, that idea that David, pulling from last episode, uh, the idea of specific identity, God, God put him in this place uh, of being a shepherd and, and gaining all of these skills, killing the bear, killing the lion, yeah. to prepare him for... Mm-hmm the time where he'd be up against Goliath. Right. And that specific identity allowed David to be who he needed to be to go out and do that. And yeah, if he had put that armor on and gone about fighting in a way that he was not accustomed to trying to mimic that of others, it would weigh him down literally and figuratively. Yeah, sure. Well, something that just occurred to me too, while you were talking there is, when David's fighting bears and lions, he doesn't know that he's going to fight Goliath. Like he doesn't right. know. Uh, I think that's an important point. It's like whatever you have gone through or are going through is actually most likely preparing you for something that you may be currently unaware of. Um, so that's why hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> when David beats Goliath, he can look back and be like, oh, that's why that happened. That's why yeah. I was a shepherd boy for all these years. And that's why I, lions attacked the flock and I had to deal with that, which at the time was probably scary and, and difficult and all that stuff. But it prepared him uh, for this moment that God knew was coming because David was made for that day and that day was made for David. So that's the, that's the verbal or that's the imagery that we're using here to yeah. kind of get us in this idea of, of strongholds. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I I think it is a great illustration of of what it looks like. But maybe now we can kind of take a a moment to step back and try to define it a little bit more. Yeah, because it's going to look different for each of us in our lives. It's we're not all going out into a battlefield and putting on, you know, someone else's armor as our stronghold. It it can be it's it's a spiritual stronghold in a lot of senses. Yeah, um, I guess you can hold us back. You're you're probably right about that. Um. (laughs) No, so yeah, let's go to Second Corinthians ten three through five. That's where we actually pull that word strongholds. It says, "For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warf- warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds." So, kind of what you said. Listen, this isn't most likely for you a real battle. It's more of a spiritual battle, and you're fighting against a spiritual enemy. And so, it says we have divine power to destroy strongholds. And it says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So it it doesn't explicitly define strongholds, but it says we destroy strongholds. And then immediately says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. So I think it's putting those as synonymous. And 
both Chandler, but he's also pulling from um, a sermon that Eric Mason did. Uh, I've seen him do it a couple times. About strongholds is very good if you want to go listen to it. Uh, he defines a stronghold as a mindset, value system, or thought process that hinders growth. Mm. So essentially, it's a way of thinking. It's it's a way that we view ourselves or think about ourselves that then causes us to function in a way that keeps us from growing. Yeah, and I guess just kind of hearing that, I would even think it, we could narrow it down to saying... So immediately my head goes to the lies that I tell myself or yeah. I've been told. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really could be almost easier to say like anything that God has not called us, right? Anything that yeah. kind of goes against what God uh, has said about us as a whole and as individuals. Mm-hmm. So uh, by way of example, uh, one that I have struggled with a lot is I am what I do. I'm sure I've said this a million times on the podcast at this point, but uh, it's what that looks like is it's really hard for me to feel good about myself if I'm not doing things or achieving the things I think I should be achieving or vice versa. Um, I start to believe that other people only value me for the things that I can do for them. So I start to think mm. that person doesn't really love me unless I am providing some service or help to them, which makes all any relationship that I look at through that lens very unhelpful <laughs> and, and very yeah. not toxic. Because if I truly believe that, then basically what I'm telling myself is none of these people really love me. These people only like what I can do for them. Um, yeah. First of all, it's just accusatory. It's not necessarily helpful or true about them. Um, but second of all, it's, it's not their fault. It's me reinforcing this idea, this lie, like you said, that I've been told that, Hey, you're only as good as what you can do, but that, that removes from me so much hope and love and grace that's in Christ because, okay, what if I am like rendered in, what if I'm incapacitated? Like, do I then lose yeah. all value? Am I then worthless? I wouldn't believe that about somebody else. But if I'm not careful, I believe that about myself. And so, or, you know, what if everything that I try to do just doesn't ever quite work out? Um, and I think that's the fear that I that I, I wrestle with all the time. It's like, hey, if, if I can't make this work, uh, then what am I even doing? I might as well sure. just do nothing. I might as well just throw in the towel. Yeah. I, I definitely so that'd be a strong way into that too. Yeah, I, I think fear of man yeah. is a big stronghold for me. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just that idea that like I hate to disappoint, but uh, the more I grow in my faith, the more I realize if I'm a Christian, I'm likely going to disappoint people. Right? There are things that mm-hmm. I am going to say or do that my friends or family may look at and be like yeah, man, that's no, (laughs) like they won't agree with it. Um, but yeah, because I'm a child of God, I should, I should feel, uh, convicted to, to push through to press on. Yeah. And so I think the, the example I've laid out here is that, uh, strongholds some often come from, uh, a misunderstanding or incorrect view of yourself. But I think really what those are all, underscored by is a misunderstanding or an incorrect view of who God is. 
right? We're in some way doubting his goodness or we're doubting his, his strength or ability deep, deep in our hearts and the core of who we are. I think, okay, God only loves me for what I can do. Um, or I think, uh, God isn't, really all that good so i have to earn his favor or god you know all these things that can kind of creep in and they get really twisted and really the here's the key for me they get so ingrained in the way we think that it takes a lot of time and effort and deep thought and deep work to pull them apart and kind of see what's what uh and and the thing that i'll say lastly here the thing that makes it most difficult is a stronghold isn't only something that has a hold of you. I think it is that, but more importantly, I think it's something that you have a hold of that you find comfort in, in some sort of sick, twisted way. Mm. Let me explain what I mean by, by way of the example I used. If, if I do believe that I'm only as good as what I do, I actually don't want to let go of that either because I can control that. I can control when I receive love or I can control these things because, well, I can put in X input and receive Y output, you know, reciprocation. Uh, So, yeah, it's I actually am more comfortable with that way of seeing the world because it means that that I can kind of manipulate things to get what I want. Hmm. Yeah. Which makes it really difficult (laughs) to figure out how to pull that stuff out and how to root it out of your life and how to start actually living more in light of who God really is and what's really true about him. And, uh, yeah, root out all the lies. Yeah. Those trust issues, man. Get get us every time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's take a second to talk about Dwell. Uh, they are sponsoring us for this series, and we are so excited about it. Um, we've talked a lot about what Dwell offers, but I wanted to share something new that they actually have coming out in the next couple of weeks. Okay. So already we've talked about how we have the ability to listen to the Bible. There's a number of different voices we can listen to from different translations. There's background ambient music. Uh, You can choose instruments, all of that. There's read along so that as you're listening to it, be read, you can read along on a screen, uh, almost karaoke style, if you will. But now dwell is getting ready to release just a read feature uh, so that you can actually go through uh, as you would your regular Bible, but in digital format and just read. Um, which is great uh, because having all three of those options available to you, being able to listen, read along, or just read, uh, it really helps to reinforce and enhance um, the way that you read your Bible. Yeah. I think the beauty of this, it, you might think, well, you know, I have another Bible app I could read. But I think the beauty of this is it puts it all in one place. Now you don't have to mm-hmm. have, you know, notes over here and highlights over here, but I listen on this thing. Dwell is essentially, in my understanding, creating a Bible reading experience as good, if not better, than the other ones you can find. And so to pair that with all the ground that they've covered in better audio versions of the Bible makes it 
really outshine any other options. And I'm, I'm really excited that they're doing this and making this app even more robust than it already is. So along with all of that, they're also putting out this accessibility feature um, in, in ways of a font called Dyslexi, which is a type of font option for users with dyslexia. Uh, the way that it is, the way the font is produced is, is helpful for those who may have trouble reading words in the right order. Well, uh, so I just really thought that was a, a super cool feature that they're adding on to it. Yeah, and uh, I love their passion and building out again not just a good bible reading experience but a great bible reading experience yeah. with all these uh super you know detail to attention pieces like that that i think will be helpful for a lot of people so if you want to get started with dwell you can go to our link which is dwellapp.io slash bible and stuff and when you do that you're going to be able to get 10 percent off a yearly subscription or 30 percent off of dwell for life 30 percent off means you'll save 60 dollars on a dwell for life subscription so once again visit dwellapp.io slash bible and stuff and commit to scripture so strongholds are obviously a part of our life right we all experience them in some way or another we've kind of talked about what they are but Maybe we could talk a little bit more about how they form, uh, because I think knowing the root of where those things come from can be helpful for us to kind of process and work through them better. Yeah, so there's three big categories that I want to cover. They're all alliterated and two words, which I'm I'm very excited about. Uh, (laughs) uh, But we're going to start with number one, which is words and wounds. So the way I think it's helpful to think about this is, uh, things that have been said to you over and over again, likely, and things that have been done to you. So this may be uh, a lifelong narrative that's been told to you over and over again. Hey, you're not good enough. Hey, you're not good enough. Hey, you don't measure up. It, it could be even, uh, I, I mean, one I hear a ton is just like, you're not pretty enough. You know, you just don't, you're, not, you're not as good looking as the other girls or whatever. And it's just these things that, that we eventually just take and hold and believe and they become our, our identity. Uh, another one's family baggage. Um, mm. And what I mean by that is uh, maybe a better way to say it is even generational patterns of my grandfather was hurt by his dad in this way and then turned around and hurt my dad in this way, then turned around and hurt me in this way. And I think it, it's just true. We see it anecdotally and it's been seen in, in a bunch of studies that a lot of those patterns repeat and they're mm. very hard to break out of. Um, I mean, this is just one example, but like a, a lot of poor families stay poor for generation after generation and generation. And, you know, rich families just continue to be rich somehow, <laughs> generation <laughs> after generation after But that also happens with, with wounds that they carry and sins that they commit. And sometimes it's hard to, to pull those out. And then the last one is uh, traumatic experiences, which I think... Mm. Most of us have to some varying degree of, of trauma. Some people have very high trauma experiences, and that takes a long time to work through and recover yeah. from. But even even some of us just have repeated, smaller, traumatic events over and over and over again, and we become real, uh, real sh- sh- shy is not the word I'm looking for, skittish kind of is around these types of... Uh, of scenarios it's like i I always think of rescue dogs maybe people think this is insulting but i 
it's I've been helpful for me <laughs> is uh that if you find a dog that's been beat or abused like they're gonna shrink back and they're gonna pull back and they're not gonna be quite comfortable with being around you and the thing is if you've been hit 10 times when someone moves their arm quickly you think that you're getting into the 11th time like you just yeah. you just that's built into you you believe that everyone is is maybe not everyone but you believe that people are trying to hurt you you believe that people mm. want to abuse you or use you or all these things. And rightfully so. Like, I understand why you believe that. But those words and wounds that we experience end up becoming strongholds that we live in that prevent us from from living out our lives yeah. the way God would have us. Uh, and I would even say to the last point you made, I think it can be the opposite uh, response to where skittish is one one end of it but the other end is you just become numb to it and accept accepting of it no um, you, you can also become it, aggressive right you can mm-hmm. also be on the other end of things where i'm gonna i'm gonna hurt you before you hurt me um there's a there's a yeah. lot of those things and here's the deal like we can we probably all can think of someone else who is is a you know exaggerated version of any of those things but i think we all also all have them in us and we just have to figure out uh maybe they're a little harder to catch we have to see yeah. and dig into what they look like and as i said earlier they're they're very hard to distinguish from the like what's really us and what's not really us and what's this this thing that I believe that uh, how am I, how am I trying to say this? I think like I say this a, a lot is um, I know on paper <laughs> that I believe this, but I have to dig and ask questions and think and verbally process with people what it is that I'm really believing under the actions that I'm doing right cuz mm. i'm not going to just fix all the actions if i don't realize why i'm doing them and sometimes it's very hard to pull out like oh okay i'm trying to have control in the situation cuz i don't think god will provide for me or you know i don't know that god is going to work this out the way that i want it to work out so i'm going to try to ex- assert myself and manipulate things um and so yeah it's it becomes hard to to work that out and really really get in there and get your hands dirty and figure out what's what and start to, to get rid of uh, these strongholds that we've built. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate you saying that. Cause I think at times when we talk about things on the podcast, like we, we put these facts and thoughts and things out there. Um, and it, this is not intentional, but like we, we never want it to seem like, we don't care what you're going through. Like yeah. this, this stuff is hard to work through. It's not something that it's like, we just tell you and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I have this stronghold in my life. I'll, I'll just stop doing it. Like, no, it takes time and effort, um, to work through that, but working through it, that, that process is a big part of getting beyond it. Right. It's going to mm-hmm. strengthen you in the long term. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make note of that because I, I it, sometimes it may feel like we kind of skim over those those things, but we know that those are difficult to deal with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the, it, at the end of the day, we only have so many minutes to to put all this stuff in here, so we can't spend as much time on each one of these as we want. But I think that's that's a great point. It's like we're not saying, "Hey, just get over it all." In fact, yeah. like some of the things that have happened, to people are horrible like 
terrible, horrible, not right, should not have happened. Uh, yeah. The, the, some of the things that people have done to others is, is just despicable. And it's okay to lament those things. It's okay to uh, have sorrow over those things and for it to take time to heal. That's yeah. okay. I think the distinction we're trying to make here is you do have to work through it. You can't really get around it. Uh, and it's also not helpful to to bump up against it and then pull back and then bump up against it and then pull back. You you have to you have to push through. And again, a lot of times that looks like a very job experience of wrestling with God, of pouring your heart out to God. Because at the end of the day, you can't let whatever happened to you or whatever was said to you define you. Again, you don't you're not self-created, so you're not self-defined. That's what we said in one of the early episodes, but neither can you let other people define you or other external factors define you. God gets to say who you are. And you you yeah. have to it to be faithful, it's to do your best to live into to that truth of of what he's created. We you said you had 3 to go through, 3 alliterations. We have wounds yeah. and words um which yeah. is definitely um a tough one. <laughs> what what is our second alliteration that we have here? Yeah, words and wounds and uh comparison and coveting. Comparison's mm. maybe the easier term, but coveting's a little bit more the biblical term. And that's where I think we we look to others and either we either a we look to them and we're deflated <laughs> because we don't measure up or we look to others to try to to build ourselves up and feel better about ourselves because we're at least doing better than that guy but the thing is you're not measured by the same measuring stick that that dude is or that yeah. lady is you are measured by by one made specifically for you and you're always going to be a, a poor version of somebody else. If you're trying to live up to what Joe is doing, like you're never, you're never going to be a better Joe than Joe is. Yeah. You, you are, this sounds so cheesy, but it's just true. Like you be, you're supposed to be the best Tanner that you can be. You're supposed to be the best Glenn that you can be. And to, to ignore that, is essentially to to tell God he's wrong. Like, hey, you didn't make me right. It's essentially an yeah. accusation against God. Hey, you messed up here. I'm supposed to be more like that. Or I'm supposed to have those things. Like, I, hey, I've been working hard. I've been doing good. I should get the nice house and the nice car or the happy family or whatever. And it's... It's not helpful. <laughs> I, th- I think either way it leads you, whether it, it leads you just feeling crushed and like, I, okay, I'm just a failure compared to these people, or it leads you to that, that angry, like, hey, you've messed this up and you need to set this straight, uh, and trying to like, grab and pull and, and you're coveting other, other things. Uh, neither one's very helpful. And at the end of the day, they rob you of, being grateful, having gratitude for what God has given you and done for you and the way he's provided for you. And, and ultimately, well, I'll just say, and ultimately, if you can't have gratitude, then you can't really have joy. 
Like if you can't be grateful for all those things that God has done or the ways in which he's provided for you specifically, then you're not you're not going to have joy. Comparison and coveting are only going to lead to frustration, anger, sadness. Yeah, and that's I, I don't think that's what the way you want to go. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a guess. Yeah. I um I just feel like this one is probably off it's it's overlooked, I think. I think we we probably talk about it enough in the church, uh, the idea of coveting and everything. But uh, I don't know if as Christians, we fully grasp what it means, or maybe we intellectually understand it, but we still experience it on a a daily level. Um, Especially, I say, especially nowadays, I'm sure it's been the same throughout history through different avenues. But I mean, with social media and the way that everybody we've talked about this a million times, just posts like the perfect, uh, perfect pictures of, you know, the best days of their, like it's always presenting the best. Um, and we forget to recognize that we do the same thing, but we're not perfect. So when we see other people's stuff, we, we should know the same. And yeah. I'm just rambling now. You, yeah, you I mean, made really good points on everything you said. I think we've talked about this previously with Adam Griffin. Like, yeah, uh, even when people do share the hard things in their life, it's like in a cute way, like, oh, right. our life is chaotic with kids, but like loving every minute of it or something like yeah. that. And it's like, no, I mean, sometimes like it's burning down in the Brit household. Like sometimes <laughs> when things are really falling apart, I mean, not always like we're, you know, we're not, we're not dying or anything like we're doing well, but, uh, those are the things I would never post on social media. Yeah. Uh, i really, I don't post much at all, but when I do post, it's usually going to be celebrating something or, or pointing out something that's, that's going well or that I'm excited about. And it's just not helpful to your soul to constantly be, uh, fed other people's highlight reels. Yeah. It's yeah. only going to fuel these, th- this comparison and coveting. Yeah. So the okay, last so- one. Yeah, you, words you and moods, comparison, coveting, and what's our last alliteration? Perfectionism and posturing. Ooh, uh, this one must have really stung preparing. <laughs> I feel like you talk, you've talked multiple times on the show about how your perfectionism gets the best of you. Yeah, well, in posturing, uh, what I mean by that is um, this kind of presenting of who you want other people to see. Uh, mm. instead of, you know, living in the reality of who you are, right? It's it's saying you're okay when you're not okay. Or yeah. it's acting like you know that thing you don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so either way, like, this is the idea of, like, I cannot let other people see that I'm falling apart on the inside. <laughs> I cannot yeah, let yeah. other people see, you know, the the cracks in the armor. I have to look, you know shiny and perfect as best as I can. The problem with that is it's a very legalistic mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very much like I have to live up to this set of rules again in order to be valued or loved or any of those things. But it also tends to bleed into the way we think about God. Usually if you have a legalistic mindset about yourself, then you kind of think God is legalistic too and often leads to you, Hmm. you're just kind of waiting for the, the, 
the other foot to drop. You're kind of waiting for like, okay, yeah, I, I deserve this, you know, just go ahead. And, um, and that's not actually God's posture to us. God's actually very loving towards sinners. He's very gracious towards sinners. He wants to be in a relationship with you. And that's the thing. You don't have a deep, honest relationship with a God who you're trying to perform for, you think might be kind of angry with you, or you think is just waiting to pull the rug out from under you. And so this works against you living in a deep relationship with God and being true to who he's made you to be. You know, I, th- not that this is the main point uh, here, but it's not helpful to you, but it's also not helpful to other people. Yeah. Right. If they don't know that you have hurt and pain and you're not, you're not sharing your genuine you uh, kind of going back to that social media idea, you're only sharing the best parts of you. Yeah, that's going to be really discouraging to other people. Um, it, yeah, so I think I shared a little bit of this in a bonus episode we did recently, but I recently found myself in a similar situation where I realized I was holding back some of the things that I was truly dealing with or going through um, in order to to try to look better than I was. And it's because, A, deep down I really thought these people didn't care about me or didn't didn't want to love me or all those things. So it's very accusatory towards them and just not true. I'm removing a joy from them that is them getting to love me and accept me and show me grace despite my flaws. So that's, that's not particularly great. I think you're right. Sometimes I'm, I'm trying to look better and prettier than I am, which may even make them a little frustrated. (laughs) Right. Um, and, but the the biggest piece there is I am withholding from myself the ability to experience the joy of someone actually caring about me and loving me, not just because I did something or because I am, you know, killing the game with <laughs> with my Bible reading or my prayer or my, you know, being a dad or being a husband or all that stuff. Um and, and so yeah, I'm I'm holding on to some lie or belief because I feel safer there um, than it would be to open up and take that risk. It is a risk to go to other people and say, uh, I'm, I'm not what you think I am. I'm not, I'm not living up to what I want to live up to probably not living up to what you would expect me to live up to, but that we can't really avoid those risks. That is what yeah. it means to go through it. You have to to press through. And if you don't ever do that and you continue to believe those negative things about other people and yourself, um, that's on you. Yeah. Right? That's I, And I understand, like, you've been hurt before. Like, that's p- part of my situation is like, listen, I'm, I'm acting this way because of some baggage that I'm, that I'm carrying with me. Um, but that's not their fault. Right. That's, a, that's, that's on me. And, um, I'm ultimately what's holding me back there. Well, th- this is just kind of my final thought, uh, in this, in this section on perfectionism and imposter. But, uh, when I think about my kids, um, when they go through rough, rough patches or have, are struggling with something, I, have been tempted 
to just kind of push them through it and and like discipline as an example like if my child does something wrong and I just tell them not to do it and to move on like be be better about this right yeah that's not helpful I'm just generationally like we were talking about earlier passing on that perfectionism imposter whereas if I take the time to say hey what you did was wrong but you're not alone like yeah. Daddy screws up with that too. Like I make the same mistake, but you know, we're forgiven. I, I think taking that kind of posture benefits ourselves. Uh, it helps with our identity and it helps with our kids too. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately we, we just have to own the fact that we're humans. We, we're never going to be perfect. We're never gonna, and that's, you know, that's the kind of the original sin. We all want to be our own gods, but we're not, we don't live up to that. Um, so we have to, we have to live in the reality of our humanity. And the thing is, sometimes the, our perfectionism and our, you know, white knuckledness has kind of got us to the point that we are. Uh, and so it's hard to let go of because it kind of feels like uh, everything I have because of this, because I held on so tight. But yeah. I would challenge you to, to loosen your grip a little bit and, and experience um, grace and also experience the provision of God that you don't have to to earn all those things the way that you feel like you do. Uh, he is still working even when you're not, even when you like, like let the guard down a yeah. little bit. So, <laughs> well, we we've taken a lot of time to talk about strongholds and what they are. We just finished talking about how they're formed and and kind of stay in our lives. We said the only way to do it is to push through it. But what does that actually look like? How do we practically do that? Yeah. Um, Well, I wish I knew all the details (laughs) of what what that will look like. Ultimately, I think you you have to experience that journey for yourself some, but I don't want to just leave you with that. Um, I will reiterate, you... No matter how bad you want to, you cannot bypass it. You cannot just go around or uh, avoid pain and sorrow. Everyone will experience it, and you have to go through it. You have to deal with it. Here's the thing about Job. I've mentioned him a couple times. There's a lot of pontification about whether okay did when job said this here is that true or is that not true his friends say this about him is it true that he's in sin is it not true and i'm not saying none of that's helpful um but the thing about job is he continued to go to the lord he continued to say i i don't get i don't get why this is happening don't understand it i'm telling you right now i didn't i'm not in sin i didn't do anything wrong and you're allowing this to happen to me, right? So yeah. Job's being arrogant, yeah, and I'm not necessarily recommending that, but I think the thing that's admirable about what Job does and the thing that we need to emulate is the fact that he presses into God and says, listen, I do not understand this, but even though I don't understand, I know that you're only the only one that has the answer for this. You're the yeah. only one that can get me through this. You're the only one that can change any of it. And so... At the end of the day, Job has to fight through all that. Uh, he has to wrestle with God through all that. But then he comes out 
the other side, he has this experience with God, and he's like, yeah, I uh, I spoke about some things I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't understand, uh, and so I need you to forgive me now. And I think that's what a lot of us will find at the end of the day is like, oh, I, that's me. This is on me, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, sometimes it, sometimes these these lies are rooted in things that other people have done to you. But as I said, I believe the lie, and so that's Job at the end of the day. It's like, oh, okay, I. I was believing some things that maybe weren't true about you. And, and now, now I have a deeper understanding of who you are. And th- like, it's always good. You never have an epiphany yeah. and it's like, Oh God's horrible. <laughs> like the epiphany is always that, Oh, I feel the goodness of God all the more. I feel the grace of God all the more. So there's a short story. I'll, I'll jump through real quick. Um, it's uh, about Gideon. It's in judges six. And the piece I really like, you can go read the whole chapter. I think it's probably helpful. Maybe even chapter seven as well. Um, but God basically says, Hey, Gideon, you know, go to, go destroy these people. Um, and he's like, we're, we're, there's not enough of us. Like, this is not going to work out. Uh, and so Gideon and God are kind of this back and forth. It's a little, he's a little frustrated. And God says, well, the Lord is with you, right? Like, I'm going to go with you. It's essentially the same thing David said when he goes to fight Goliath. Like if God's with me, I have to be worried. And Gideon says, because he's not particularly happy with the circumstances that, that he's in, that his family's in, his dad's a worshiper of Baal. He's like, listen, if you're if he's with us, if the Lord is with us, then why did this happen? Right? And I think that that is the emotion, <laughs> that is the experience yeah. that a lot of us have to push through and fight through in order to get through a stronghold. It's like, listen, if if he's really with me, why did that thing happen? And long story short, after that, he just says again, "The Lord's the Lord's with you." <laughs> yeah, the Lord's with you. If he's with me, why did this happen? Listen, he's with you. But then he tells him to go to the altar of Baal, this dad built, and build an altar to the Lord on top of the stronghold. That's what it says in, the, in that it uses that word in that verse. And I think that's super interesting because what he says is go to that place, go to that, go to the difficult spot and tear it down and build an altar to the Lord there. So destroying strongholds is pressing into the hurt. It's not trying to cover it up or ignore it or push it down. It's pressing into it pulling it apart, tearing it down, ripping up roots, and building an altar to the Lord where that used to be. Yeah, that's really good, man. Yeah. And I, uh, again, <clears throat> I think it's easy for us to talk about this, much harder to actually work through it. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult, but I we need to pursue in that way. We we can't can't go go around it. The the only way we'll be strengthened is by going through it. Yeah. Yeah, so a couple practical things. If you're a reader, there's a book. It's not a perfect book, but it was a helpful book for me. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro, and he talks about basically this whole process of um, of breaking strongholds uh, and going through the wall, as he calls it, which I found helpful. And then also just like maybe a smaller one you can do today is like just go read Romans 8 and and 
repent of a lot of the lies that that we tend to believe. The very first verse is, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. There just isn't any. We really are always kind of trying to find ways to condemn ourselves or feel bad about ourselves. And he's just like, I'd, I, if, if there was some, I would go find it, but there just isn't any. Like It just doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and then it says again, if God is for you, what, what, who's going to stand against you? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So I think that's a good reminder of, listen, God is for you. He is not against you. He is not trying to condemn you. He is trying to love you. And you need to press in. Even if it doesn't look pretty all the time, like it didn't for Job, just press in, love him, and uh, yeah, but repent of some of the lies and some of the strongholds that you've allowed to, to stunt your growth. I love it, man. Well, guys, I want to encourage you to take what you've heard today, go out and, and start to recognize what those strongholds are in your life uh, and try to break them down. Uh, and honestly, do it with community. Do it with people by your side. Um, it's okay to ask for help. Um, so yeah, I want to encourage you to do that. I hope that uh, this episode has been helpful and we just are excited to continue this series as we continue to figure out what uh, our identity is and, and who we are. Yep. See you guys next week. Peace. The Bible and Stuff podcast is a production of Bible and Stuff. We do more than just podcasts, so if you want to know more about something we've covered on the show, just visit our website at bibleandstuff.com. Our show is hosted by Tanner Britt and Glenn Brand, and our theme music is by The Sing Team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.